and welcome to this episode of Say Something Interesting. This is the follow-up podcast from East Lake Tri-Cities Church. My name is Megan, and with me is our teaching pastor, Brent. And we are back, everybody. Yes, we took a week off last week because Brent and I were both out of town. Yeah, we were both vacation. <laughs> we're like, you know, we could come in on like Tuesday or Wednesday and record something. Uh, I couldn't. Well, I could have, but I didn't want to. I thought, you know what? It's 117 degrees. Could you imagine what this oh, room felt like last nope. week? No, nope. because it's not even that hot today. Would have been a hard pass, and it's hot right now. I you would imagine. have had to do it at like five in the morning. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> we love you guys, but like, I mean, our love has limits. <laughs> so it is good to be back. Mm, yeah, it feels weird because I was thinking through even on, on a drive home from lunch today, like, what are we gonna talk about mm-hmm. on this? Because I I can't remember like what we have or haven't talked about. It's mm-hmm. been two weeks. So there's, I feel like there's just a backlog of yeah. stories and, yeah. and things to be like, Oh, this has also happened. And would, <laughs> you know, would, would you do, how's your, how was your vacation? Though? It you was so fun. Uh, we area? went to seaside. We went to Fort Stevens, which is an old fort, um, just North of seaside, maybe like 10, 15 minutes North of seaside. Um, and they, it's like a huge campground right on the beach. Um, like it's a mile walk from the big, from the campsites to the beach. And you um, tent camped, right? We tent camped. One of my friends has like one of those car top pop-up tent things. Yep, those are sweet. Uh, but she doesn't have it on top of her car. They like had a trailer built. So mm. the bottom of the trailer hauls all the camping stuff. And then the pop-up tent is on the trailer and you like set the trailer down. So then you can move your car and stuff. It's pretty sweet setup mm. actually. Yeah. Um, and then the rest of us tent camped. I mean, I had like an air mattress. It was good. Um, that wasn't the like crazy part, although it did rain the last night we were there. Oh, so that it was like wet pack out, which is, which is better when you're, when you know you're driving somewhere where all of that stuff's going to dry in yeah, two minutes once you get true. it out. Um, so yeah, that was like, but it didn't rain any other night and it was pretty great the whole time. So I think, yeah, raining when can't like, typically I'm, I'm a anti fan of wind. Wind's like the worst for me. I hate oh, interesting. wind. Um, but when it comes to camping, mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's being wet because you just can't escape it. You can't get out of it. Yeah, and uh, it just feels awful. Yeah, and so I, I thought about that when we were. That was one of the beauties of camping around where we live is that it really is never like super wet all that time. So, yeah. anyways, uh, we did. Well, yeah. yeah, we were beach camping, so is that. And yeah. then the other bad thing was the mosquitoes were like out of control. Yeah, I had I think I counted fifteen bites when i took a shower when i got home Ugh. and i was like Dah. <laughs> yeah uh, we did uh willawa lake uh-huh. and uh it was also very hot um I, I say it was also, not hot it was not how you were <laughs> nope. it was very hot where we it were. was like high six high, like high 60s was like the high yeah so and i wear is, sweats and such this on the other side of like tollgate if you've never been there it's uh, in the Wallawa forest and, uh, it's lake water runoff, uh, is the, so the water is crystal clear and it's freezing cold. So like the top half of your body is roasting when you're standing in the water and <laughs> the bottom half of your body is totally numb. Uh-huh. Um, and so it was, but it was great. The we had found some shade and, uh, kids had a great time and, uh, yeah, no complaints. It was a, a great experience. Yeah. Check it out. It's yeah. like three and a half hour drive. It's perfect. That's awesome. We just had somebody um, uh, drop by the church <laughs> and give me a shirt, and I wanted to bring it up. Uh, uh-huh. To I just showed you it. It's a he bought his name's Tim, and he bought it over in Seattle, and uh, they mismarked the size on it. And so he's like, "Hey, man, this would probably fit you, not me. We do want it." And I said, "Yep." Uh, and he <laughs> he sent me a picture of us. I knew what it was, but uh-huh. it, it basically just says 
uh, Olymp- USA Olympics team, mm-hmm. which is coming up so soon, by the way. Yeah, We're like a month. very excited about that. Less, it's less this, than a month. This, it's yeah, this, it's month. this month. United States Olympic team. Mm-hmm. So my question to you is, um, I'm going to wear this, yeah. uh, but it also looks like maybe I'm trying to insinuate that I'm on the Olympic team, <laughs> to which then begs the question, what would the average bystander who sees that go, I wonder if he's on the fill in the blank no, team. Zero people would look at you wearing that and okay. think he's Well, zero is aggressive. Um <laughs> There's I stand a, by my There's zero. a lot of sports. <laughs> I've seen... Uh, no, there's no Summer Olympic sport. Have you seen that, the people who shoot rivals? Have you looked in the mirror recently? Like, <laughs> no people would look at you Come and on. be like, he's Curlers? On. Have you seen curlers? This is, a, this is Summer Olympics. Maybe curling. Horseshoes? Isn't horseshoes one no, of them? No, it's not. Badminton? But possibly, but have you seen those badminton players? No, are they, the are, they, are they Adonis freaks? They look like athletic. Oh, well, okay. Let me think <laughs> of what else it could be. Is there a chess? Is there a chess no, Olympic sport? I don't think so. Feels like there might be. Maybe you're, at one point, but you're I don't leaving, think so. You're, le- you're giving me the, the opportunity. I feel like there's some sport that I could fit in to where they're I like. I stand by my zero. All right. Well, I, I stand by 50-50. I, I would say closer to 50-50. Maybe he is. Maybe he's not really. Maybe he bought that shirt at no, Nordstrom. I don't know. No people. No people are thinking maybe he is. <laughs> but it's cute that you want to believe I, that. I'm going to choose both. <laughs> I'm going to wear this shirt around and be like, before you ask, I'm so sorry. I'm actually not a part of the Olympics. Can I please be with you when yeah, you're doing yeah. that? Please, no autographs. I'm not doing autographs, but it's not because I'm like, you know, I'm not a part of the team. I just don't want to do autographs at this time oh my or something gosh. like that. They'd be like, what? What are you talking about? Who the man? F does this guy think he is? I see the tag. <laughs> I see the tag on the shirt that you paid for that. And I'd be like, I didn't pay for this. Someone else Somebody did. else did. But it was paid for, yes. Are you excited about the Olympics? I am. July 23rd. Yep. You want to know how I know it's July 23rd? Is that our Olympics? back alley night. Yeah, because that's our back alley night. Because some dork scheduled our back alley night for the exact same night as the opening night of the Olympics. It's okay. So, like, adjust your TVs accordingly and use your DVR and um, still The live come out. event is at, like, Yeah, if it makes you feel better, wake like up that. at 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. and watch it live instead mm-hmm. of on replay like they're going to show it. Yeah. It's going to be so weird this year. It's going to be The time discrepancy weird. is going to be such a hard deal. I know yeah. it, it always is, but I feel yeah. like well, going this direction, it. it really is. They like on NBC and stuff, they usually play them like they're live. I know, but it sucks time. because if you're like a real hardcore Olympics yeah. person, you already know the result of it's the true. race. Imagine trying to watch a Mariners game when you know the final score <laughs> and then you got to go back and rewatch it. I mean, if there's fireworks, you know, it's not like a surprise that there's fireworks. Uh, I guess that's true. Uh, so, I don't know. I would. I Yeah. I mean, I get that. Just don't pay as close attention. Oh, Just but I don't want to be like watch. the selfish American that's like, it always needs to be in our time zone either. Do you know what I mean? Like, Well, they can't, they like have to do things during daylight hours I, for a lot of the sports. No, I totally so, get it. Like, <laughs> I get it. But like, so when UFC did their big fights in Abu Dhabi on uh-huh. Fight Island, they would fight at 4 a.m. local oh, time. Oh yeah, so that they could be prime time. So that it was prime time here. Yeah. And I'm just a demanding American that says Well, that that's because their whole market is America that's true. in that that's particular true. arena. But yeah. this is a little bit different. So a, t- <laughs> a touch different. <laughs> Are you trying to say the Olympics is 
on the same par as UFC. I think I think you may be wrong on that, Brent. I think you're off. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm excited. Am. I'm I'm super excited for. I love the camaraderie mm-hmm. um, of of uh, the, the, all countries really around this time, and the stories that you get to see and hear about, and and the fact that these some of these people have been training their entire lives for yeah. a twelve minute race mm-hmm. uh, of a hundred yards or something like that. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, did I say twelve minute race for a hundred nope, yards? You mean twelve seconds? I meant twelve seconds. Something just fell. <laughs> scared our, me. Our, little, our building's <laughs> falling apart. We talked about the collapsing building in Miami and. <laughs> Now we have our rooms falling I apart really up here. startled. I was like, ah, what is that? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, sorry, everyone. <laughs> yep. Uh, so if I'm not mistaken, did we do a podcast after our first week on sex? We did. We did. We just did mm-hmm. not do one after week two. Correct. Okay. So we're on, we just finished week three. This Sunday is going to be the finale and the conclusion. To clarify, we're doing a series about sexual ethics. Yeah. What did I say? I don't know. You just said our, our series about sex. Oh, our, well, our, yeah. Did we ta- do a thing about sex? I don't know. You just said something about sexual sex. ethics. So. It's what it is. <laughs> um, and uh, this is also, I'm, 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 I'm excited for uh, this to end because what it means <laughs> Is I can stop talking about this topic and uh-huh. with a red face, uh, and then also uh, Lauren's going to speak yes. uh, on July eighteenth. So exciting. me one more week, and then um, that makes seventeen weeks in a row for me. Uh-huh. Um, and then I get to finally have a break, which I'm nice. really excited about. Yeah, that's really. <laughs> and good. then Lauren gets to go, which is awesome. And then uh, Dave, our friend Dave, mm-hmm. was just in town this last week and recorded a talk for us. And uh, so you know how. Two weeks in yeah, a row, for two, sure. Two, two for sure. I'm, I'm trying to get Maybe Jeremiah three. to do a third one as yeah, well. That'd be sweet. Um, but I haven't. Uh, he has not confirmed yet. Yeah. So um, that's still in the mix. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but two for sure. That'll be nice. I know. I'm yeah. excited. But uh, let's talk about week three. Let's do it. Of uh, our series called "About That," a series on sexual ethics. We continued like we have been looking at. Uh, what Paul had to say to some of his young churches uh, in the area of sexual ethics, because I think it shows up in almost every one of his church letters. He wrote two different types of letters, really, if you think about it. Um, so like First Timothy, Second Timothy, Titus, those are known as the pastoral letters, uh, typically. And then there's what's called the prison letters, which were probably written in, in prison, um, and uh, like Philippians, Ephesians, Colossians. Uh, and then kind of the rest of them, uh, you have Thessalonians and Corinthians, uh, Rome, uh, Romans, all kind of written with that. And in almost every single one of these things, there's like a little bit of a section, either part of a chapter or in Corinthians, multiple chapters uh, going, hey, you live in a world that has a very, very different – you live in surroundings in a culture that has a very, very different take on sexual ethics. Um, part of what it means to be a Christian and follow in the way of Christ is to do and think of sex uh, differently. And uh, it's not surprising in our day and age that the church has a, a view on, on sex. I mean, anybody that's outside the church knows what it is. I said a lot of Paul's stuff is predictable. It definitely is pastoral. I think he definitely wants something for them, not just like a hammer, bring down the hammer on them and, and c- critique them and shake his finger at them. But he, he wants he genuinely thinks that there's a better way to do this. Um, and uh, and then it is cultural and contextual. And so that's what we've tried to do in these scenarios is to uh, bring in some of the context of what was going on in Corinth at the time, what was going on in Thessalonica at the time, mm-hmm. um, and say, hey, this is um, this is why it was different. This this is why it was groundbreaking or revolutionary or introduced a more level playing field in terms of gender equality than what typically was exercised in this way. Because um, I think sometimes Paul gets an unfair critique about being, uh, you know, 
misogynistic on some stuff mm-hmm. and and definitely he's coming from a misogynistic culture and so that's going to leak in a little bit it's not always going to be the case so anyways uh on this week uh, we did first Thessalonians for the first Thessalonians chapter 4 yep. is what we did it's a tongue twister yeah uh, it is a tongue twister <laughs> and uh he's he's basically saying control your body don't don't operate in uh uh passionate zeal or lust like like pagans who don't know God but do things differently. Do things in a way that is holy and honorable and does not take advantage uh, of your brother or your sister. So um, that is kind of the the message of it. What was some of your takeaways while I text my wife back who's called me three times yeah. during this podcast? <laughs> um, some of my, I think um, you had a line in there that you heard from another pastor, do what is just, not what is justifiable. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was really great and really tied into those ideas of, like being um, holy and honorable and like, how are you, when we're thinking about sex and our relation, our physical relationships with other people, like how are we using our body in those relationships? Are we using it to, as a weapon? Are we using it to manipulate? Are we using it um, in a way that will hurt others and ourselves? Or are we using it to create relationship and to form bonds and to like build, um, build connection with people that is godly and true. And that allows you to be your true self and them to be their true self. Um, and so I think that was kind of my like thinking about that. Like, how are we like Paul is saying you're called to use your body in a holy and honorable way. Like, are you doing that in all aspects of your life? Yeah. Including sex. So. Right. Yeah, and I think the 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 common thing would be to be like to discategorize this and be like I can be holy and honor, be honorable, and I, I'm trying to figure that out with my words that I use and the language that I speak, and the, do I build them up or do I tear them down? And Paul would say, yes, that's good. That's a way to think of that. But you also have to think of it in this way: mm-hmm. when I engage in sexual activity with somebody, and I'm and I'm doing it purely for selfish, uh, pleasurable reasons, and not, and I'm not really genuinely communicating i want something permanent with you um it is that's taking advantage of them in the same way that you would say i'm taking it i'm 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 your friend when you buy me things Mm -hmm. and then when that goes away or when i don't need anything from you anymore i'm done Mm -hmm. and we can see the shallowness in that and we sometimes fail to transfer that over he's he's trying to say that same shallowness or that same brokenness looks like it in the sexual way, even though it doesn't feel that way, but that's, you're you're still being a manipulative. You're still being exploitative. Mm -hmm. You're still taking advantage. You're still wronging somebody in this way. Yeah. And, um, if you are going to live out the Jesus creed and the Jesus ethic of loving your neighbor as yourself, it's gotta be differently. Mm -hmm. You've got to view it differently. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And the other thing I was kind of thinking of was like, how, um, like how do we critique without shaming? Cause you kind of talked about shame a little bit. Um, and like it's, that's really hard when it comes to sex, I think to provide direction and critique and like loving intervention without it feel like feeling like you're shaming me into doing something or because I've done something. Sure. Um, and so, um, I think that's a really important thing when, like if you are a believer and you're trying to talk to other people about sex or sexual ethics, like you really need to talk to yourself first about how are you approaching this person and how are you like going to do this without them feeling shame? Um, because it's not what it's about. Like it's like how, 
Because again, it's that God wants something for you. Right. He wants something better for you, not, um, he doesn't want you to feel like you're the worst person on the planet. Um, so as a Christian, if you're going to walk into those spaces, I think you need to really evaluate how you're going to do that. Yeah. I think that's a super critical piece because that is true. I mean, um, when, whenever I speak in, in a context on a Sunday, um, there's there's a large swath of people from all kinds of different marital and relational standpoints, but there are definitely some married people in here. And to, and in a lot of scenarios, a lot of the religious authorities who are doing this are married pastors who are being like, hey, you've got to do this. And it does feel very shaming. And you're in a different season where this is not the, the same temptations that are, are there or the same opportunities that are there or whatever uh, the case may be. I think critically defining and looking at Paul in, in him praising these people and and praising them, knowing that knowing in the back of his mind they're still not doing it fully correctly, but I've, there's a way to inspire them into this. And then I think a a reading of him when he contrasts it with not like those pagans who just go off on that way. Um, there's almost a way to read that like as like he's like he almost spits as he says it, like he just can't stand it. But I I, I think he's genuinely going. I don't think that that's the way that it should be read. I think it's going their their moral framework is different because mm-hmm. their whole divine accountability framework is different. Mm-hmm. They don't believe they grew up in a system where the gods don't care about our life. And he's like it's different when it's Jewish and you're not and and you've grown up in a Jewish context where Yahweh God definitely cared. He cared about minute details about what kind of food you ate and what kind of clothes you wore. This culture has no concept of a God who, or gods who care. Right. And so of course they're just going to do whatever they want to do, but you've got to do it differently. I'm not even here to judge them. Right. Mm -hmm. Another piece of of scripture I mentioned on Sunday, he's like, who am I to judge those people outside the church? That's not, that's not my prerogative. They, there's no moral framework for I'm not saying that they're not moral. I'm just mm-hmm. saying that their moral framework is different. And so they figured out yeah. what works for them on that thing. And that's fine. But in this way, if you really are going to follow in the way of Christ, and I'm assuming that you are because you're in a church community that I'm writing to, right? So you're mm-hmm. already here in this way. This He probably would write things differently if it was meant to be into a general audience into the world, right? Um, such as what you see when he goes up on Mars Hill with the book of Acts and says, you worship all these gods, you have this, even this altar to this unknown God. Let me tell you who I think this is, Mm -hmm. right? That's very like user friendly. Mm -hmm. It's very attentive to their, their needs and doesn't bash them for believing in an unknown God or having a God out there. Just going, it's kind of ridiculous that you have all of these things. And I, I I think that there's a better way to do it. And so you have to remember, this is an internal dialogue with people who are already committed in this community and trying to show them this is a better way to do it if you'll really think about it. Yeah. So and and these are people he's had some sort of relationship with. Right. At some level. Either like he actually was there or he has like um people who he mentored who were there or whatever. Um I don't you probably know better than I do what would be with Thessalonica or whatever. Uh, yeah, Thessalonica. So I mean he it's it's probably the first letter that he wrote that we captured the earliest. Um, it doesn't feel like he has the same level of concern like he does with like, say Corinth Mm -hmm. or, uh, Ephesians or Colossians Mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, it's more personal than Romans because Romans is very like, I don't even know you. You don't know me. Let me impress you with some stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Thessalonians, the Thessalonians were so 
worried about Jesus' return mm-hmm. and what that meant for them. They really almost operated like um, it was, and, and Paul too, you're going to see that, you, you know, if you read it, you, you'd see it too. A mentality of Christ said he's coming back. We think it's very soon. Mm-hmm. What do we do in the meantime? Do we even keep working or do we mm-hmm. quit our jobs so that we can be more, we can focus on moral purity so that we can mm-hmm. be ready to go. And Paul has to be like, no, no, no. Like you don't quit your jobs. Yeah. <laughs> don't, and honestly, don't live off of the benefit of other people. Mm-hmm. You quit your jobs. Who's going to provide, where are you going to live? Well, we'll just sleep with our family's house, right? Or, you know, or at our friend's house. No, no, no. You don't take advantage of other people's kindness and generosity. Then he's like, we become a burden. Then being a Christian is like almost seen as like we're a mooch on society for mm-hmm. something like this. You're not going to live in that way. You're going to, you're going to, I do, you know, he would say, I genuinely do believe Christ is coming back. Um, but in the meantime, what we're called to do is to kind of live consistently in this way. Um, and so that would be, that was another, that was a big piece. So when you read Thessalonians, you might get to like chapter five where they're like, Hey, we've had some family members pass away in the meantime, from when you first taught us about Jesus, like, are they gone forever now? Or how does this work? So he Mm -hmm. goes into like the parousia of Christ or the return of Christ Mm -hmm. and all this kind of stuff. Um, and part of it, I think you have to take it, like, if you read that, you got to take into account, that's a very, uh, limited scope view of, I think his, his um his idea of what um the return of Christ would look like and what Christians should do in this intermediate time evolved away from that in like into Romans it's it's very different um and so you have to kind of take first Thessalonians with a little bit of grain of salt on some of that because I think he as well, he got as older most people, yeah well and as you're like oh maybe this isn't gonna happen as quickly as yeah. I thought right so like, yeah exactly yeah. so now mm-hmm. I have to change my thinking on this yeah and that's what you definitely see yeah. in that so. I think my point of that was all that Paul has a relationship with these people yeah so he's able to speak critique without shame because he knows like he knows who they are how they operate and like what the goal is right yep and so as a human who's gonna do that imperfectly, I think those are the things we need to know before we have those hard, before we have hard conversations with people about anything. Like who is that person I'm talking to? What is my relationship with them? And like, what is my goal in this conversation? And if my goal like is when, if you know those things, it's much easier to have those hard conversations without making the person feel like you are shaming them, you know? So are you saying that holding signs and bullhorns doesn't work because <laughs> there's no personal relationship there and nobody cares? I mean, those aren't the words I said. What are you I trying said, to say, Megan? I don't personally think that that's an effective tool. So, <laughs> Note for the audio. Good. Anything else jumped out to you? Those are the things. Good. Well, I'm excited to finish it off this week, and uh, hopefully you can make it out 9 or 10 o'clock in person, 10 o'clock online uh, via the website, or be- better yet, download the app, mm-hmm. uh, go to East Lake, Tri- or just go to Apple's iTunes store and search East Lake Tri-Cities. Or Google Or Google Play, Play right? Mm-hmm. Either one, and you can make that thing happen. So, yeah. cool. All right, let's jump into something interesting. Yeah. You started, open, so, so go I will it. go first. Um, I dove into a new show that I told you about at lunch a little bit, but I'm going to recap it here. It's called The Ultimate Fighter. Um, I I think I've gotten more into UFC in the last year and a half than I ever have before. And I think 
it was because it was one of the first sports to return out of a pandemic. And I just couldn't pull myself to watch um, Japanese ping pong or Chinese uh, <laughs> women's underwater uh, basket weaving. Uh, I had to, uh, it was like the first semi-major sport that mm-hmm. was like uh, happening. And so I started watching a little bit more, kind of getting into it. It's fun. It works with my schedule well in terms of a lot of the fights are on Saturday nights. Saturday nights, I'm like, you know, usually home and, and free. Um and so anyways, there's a, 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 it's a reality show. It's, I don't even know what season it's on a lot. It's, it's been on for a long time, but they took a break cause they were building this new apex center in Las Vegas. So it's filmed in Las Vegas and, uh, it's a bunch of guys who, uh, and, and they've done, they've done girls in the past, but this season it's all guys, okay. um, where they're young, they're trying to make it in the UFC. It's kind of like a boot camp. 10, 20 guys come. They split them up into two, two teams, a blue team and a yellow team. They have coaches that are UFC fighters. like And, and then uh, here's the best part. They though. like trying to make it into so a if, like, if televised you, fight. If you win, if you win the competition, you get a contract with UFC. Got it. Right. And then you can get on, you get paid to do this full time. Yep. Obviously that's their dream. And yep. they're all doing it. Mostly in these small podunk towns being like, I work out here. I do this. I've been training so-and-so. Um, and uh, I told Kylie, halfway through an episode last night because she doesn't she, you she's like you they don't mm-hmm. like to fight it like yeah, that's how it telling, ends i was telling brent like i when they show clips or whatever on sports center yeah. i like turn away i can't watch it yeah it is <laughs> it is weird we were out to dinner like last week or something and it was on the tvs at the mexican restaurant that we were at and i'm sitting there with like my 13 year old and my eight year old and they're watching it as we're eating uh-huh. mexican dinner and i was like yeah, I don't know if I want them watching this in this context. It's yeah. not like something I'd be like, hey, pass the nachos. Look at that guy's getting his face beat in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it is hard in that yeah. way. I totally understand that. I mean, there has to be some sort of a, a way in which you eliminate people, like part of the game and part of the strategy. No, for sure. And so, like, I kind of con- make concessions there, and they really do. Anyways, it's not as free for all as maybe you think it is. Anyways, <laughs> the best part about it, though, I said, I said, Kyla, I think you would really like this. They show, here's the story. Here's the home video that these guys took of their experience finding out that they got selected for the show. Mm-hmm. Here's their wife, wife slash girlfriend slash kid who they're fighting for. Yeah. Here's the town. Here's the house that I grew up in. Here's the van that I slept in for six months yep. while I was homeless and poor and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just trying to make it work. And I they, they show you their, their current house and it's just nothing. You're, mm-hmm. They're just coming from nothing. And they're trying to make this thing work. And you just find yourself like every – after every story, you're like, oh, man, I like that guy. I hope, I hope he wins. <laughs> Except that five minutes later, they show you the opponent and yeah. their story. <laughs> and you're like, man, I like that guy. I hope he wins. And then you, and then you realize, well, one of them has to lose. Yep. And you're like, dang, I find myself cheering for both of these and, and just the story involved in it. It was I don't know. It's I mean, pretty I'd cool. I mean, I probably like that part too. Yeah, I know. And then, and then not we, watch the fight. And then what part. you could do is just stop it and be like, and could you just tell me who won? Yeah. Oh, so and so won. <laughs> Fantastic. We'll move on. Yeah. You know? Um, <laughs> that's great. And I, I think mm. it's just a uh yeah, it's a subgenre of of people and it's it's young guys who are just trying to figure life out, man. And yeah. you have a heart for those kind of guys in their in their story. And for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's fun. So it's um so it's on uh, ESPN plus. Okay. And uh, I think new episodes drop once a week. I think it's like week five of I don't know how many. I don't know how many episodes are in the season, but uh, we're at five, so it's Sweet. it's towards the beginning right now. Check it out. All right, Exciting. what do you got? Um, I listened to one of my favorite podcasts is Radio Lab, um, and my favorite episodes that they do is when they have like a overall topic, and then they do like four or five 
like 10 minute stories about that. So recently they had one about breath. Um, and the first part of the podcast, maybe like the first 15 minutes was about babies and how they breathe and how they go. Cause they are in water when they're in utero. Yeah. Um, and so their mom breathes for them. Their lungs don't do anything. They don't expand. They have fluid and fluid filled lungs when they're in utero. They kind of do some like fake, like, um, like their muscles will kind of contract or whatever, but not really in their lungs. Just like that. They like will practice breathing in their mouth kind of a situation, but they're like breathing in like a fluid, obviously. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, babies have, they get all their oxygen from the umbilical cord. So mom's oxygenated blood goes through the placenta, goes into a vein that we no longer have that disappears, uh, right after you're born. What? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And it goes into their heart and it mixes with unoxygenated blood, which is not how hearts work once you are out in the world. Um, but babies in utero have a flap in their heart between their two atria that allows um, oxygenated and non-oxygenated blood to mix. Um, and then it gets pumped around their cells and then it goes out through the umbilical cord again and then the CO2. And then mom exhales baby CO2. Really? Yep. Um, and That's so, wild. Yeah. That, that, which is crazy and like amazing and how does that even happen? But I think the coolest part for me is they were talking about what happens right after a baby's born. Um, and like the series of like things that have to happen in a matter of like 30 seconds for baby to be able to breathe on their own in time, um, is just like, it's miraculous. There's really no other word for it. So basically, um, as contractions happen, um, the fluid that's in the lungs gets pushed into the baby's body. So it doesn't like come out. It just gets absorbed into the baby's body. But the action of like having contractions on the baby like pushes that fluid out of their lungs, which is why you'll hear like C-section babies. Um, they often talk about them having more fluid on their lungs. It's because they haven't gone through the birth canal mm. and had like the fluid squished out. Um, and then... When the baby comes out, it's like the first time it's ever experienced cold. And that like shock trauma of experiencing cold for the first time triggers a system in their brain, in their like sympathetic, whatever nervous system to start the process of breathing. Mm. And so like having that traumatic exit in the cold, like triggers this thing that starts a baby breathing and then it had its blood starts going to the lungs, picking up oxygen. And then when the oxygenated blood hits the heart for the first time, it closes the flap that has been open the whole time it was in the utero. And then proteins start sealing the flap and it's never opened again. That's freaking bonkers, right? man. I was like, this is bananas. That is bananas. Um, and I just thought it was so cool. And I love learning about all those amazing things. I just think like creating life is so what's miraculous. the name of the episode it's called breath okay mm -hmm. so that's the, okay. and it was dropped on june something okay let me i can look it up real quick um and the rest of it is like happen is not necessarily about that but like the first 15 minutes is all about babies um breathing and stuff so it was really really cool um i enjoyed it a lot uh, it dropped on June 11th. Hmm. So 
Um, that was my thing. And then I was just thinking about like, I don't know. I just think it's pretty amazing that women can like, you know, create life. So. Yeah. <laughs> I've been in a birthing room <laughs> yeah, you three have. times. Yes, you have. And it has been cold every time. <laughs> and uh, I've never complained about it because, um, you know, who am I to complain? Yeah, that's not really your place. No, it's not really. Like, you get to do whatever you want in that sp- in those moments. Um, but now mm. that maybe perhaps is why they're trying to keep that cold and shock Yeah, well, I mean, you don't want baby to get cold because they can get hypothermia really quick. Yeah. But they – and it – it, regardless of how cold the room is, it's just cold. It would be cold for the, them yeah. from coming outside of like a warm body. Yeah, point six. Ninety eight point six. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that shock, that like traumatic shock, um, triggers their breathing, the breathing system. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty. It's just like crazy and phenomenal. And I, yeah, it's like how do how do you go from being an aquatic creature essentially, and then it, within seconds. Yeah. You're able to breathe air. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy, crazy. Yep. Good. All right. We will definitely be checking that out. We got a little road trip ahead of us this week, <laughs> so it'll be on. All right. That'll do it for today's episode yeah. of Say Something Interesting. Appreciate you guys uh, taking time out of your summer. Hopefully, you're listening to this while you're driving someplace cool and fun and camping or or uh, concerts or I don't know, whatever else, whatever it is that you're finding your, uh, yourself doing this summer. Hope it's fun and uh, with family and friends and all that good stuff. And I hope it also includes uh, Eastlake once in a while. We've got a back alley <laughs> event coming up on the 23rd, as I mentioned. It's uh, Friday night, comedy night in the back alley. It's going to be a fantastic evening. We've already done our first one. This will be our second one. Uh, we've got some fun youth events coming up that we're announcing this weekend. So be a part of that. Um, what else? Anything else you think of? Just no. Okay. I mean, things are happening. So happening, baby. Let's do this thing. Keep your eyes on the prize. All right. Have a good week, guys. We'll talk to you later. Bye.